Hello, friends and neighbors. It is Matt Silverman, producer of Two Girls, One Podcast, coming at you this morning. I've got some coffee. I've got my microphone here. I have uh, reconfigured my desk, so I'm uh, I'm in a little bit of a chaotic moment here. Um, but I thought I'd, I'd sit down with you, chat a little bit about this Encore episode that we love and talk about, think about often, and we thought it was a good moment to bring it back since we have been covering VR communities, virtual reality communities lately. In February 2020, uh, an auspicious time that you may remember, we were uh, we were so young. We were so young and innocent. And so we covered this extraordinary community in VR chat, volunteers, who were translating social interactions in VR chat for the deaf community. And we spoke to uh, a gentleman who was uh, 19 years old at the time. He's obviously uh, grown up a bit since then. His name is Quentin, and he has been really invested in VR and kind of uh, educated us about the differences between the platforms and how that affects the deaf community. Deaf users uh, want to be uh, in VR chat and be social in VR as much as anyone, Uh, but there's obviously a a gap there. And without, you know, precise articulation with, you know, if you've ever used VR, you can wave and you can use your body language and run around and, and you know, uh, punch and kick and whatever, you know, whatever you might be doing in VR, but articulating with individual fingers, which are obviously crucial for sign language, is a pretty cutting edge technology You you need, at that time. And, and I think still you need a pretty fancy headset with fancy, uh, you know, grips. And so what Quentin shared with us is that there were sort of two two modes, two modalities. There was like the Oculus version where it's kind of limited range of motion and then um, the more dynamic ones. And the thing that blew our minds was that these kids and participants were basically developing their own modified form of ASL inside VR based on the limitations and there were rooms and spaces where there were there was signage about how to translate and volunteers and just just people working together so that uh, the deaf community could enjoy VR as much as the rest of us and it was extraordinary. We think about it and talk about it all the time. It came up recently as we've been getting back into VR coverage. So we wanted to share this uh, episode with you again from February 3rd, 2020. And uh, you'll hear Jen, of course. This is back in, in ye olden days. And we hope you enjoy. Uh, we've got more VR coverage coming up. So a really cool episode cooking. Uh, and we have been trying to pin down a second guest for it. Uh, so that was uh, very important to us. So that will be coming along hopefully next week. But in the meantime, please enjoy uh, episode 118 from February 2020. This is entitled Sign Language is Rapidly Evolving in VR uh, and VR Chat. Enjoy Quentin and whatever nonsense we were getting up to right before the old pandemic. We'll talk to you later. We now return to Two Girls, One Podcast, a highly immersive virtual world in Dolby surround sound and 360-degree positional audio that will make you feel like you're actually there. And by there, I mean sitting in front of a laptop for an hour asking questions like, what's your process? And now here are the only hosts who have been banned from VR chat for using rude hand gestures, Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg. Hi everyone, I'm Jen. 
I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. Allie and I are performers who had a show called Blogologues. It was a live comedy show where we used the internet as a script. From there, we made a web series, Two Girls, One Show, where we went behind the internet post and really explored the people behind that, did interviews, went scripted adventures. And all of that work led to this here podcast, which we are doing with The Daily Dot and Matt Silverman, who is with us today. Hello. Hello, Matt. And we are now interviewing people behind internet communities and different phenomena and just cool things happening online that we find really interesting. We hope you do too. Today is something you might have never thought about, perhaps. Many of us haven't. I know we hadn't really considered it. It is in the world of VR. We will warn all of you because we've covered VR a lot on this podcast, but this is a slightly different take on it. So what's going on today, guys? Well, if you tuned into our episode in which we interviewed Sear Moore, who has been called the Dr. Phil of VR, he met someone in VR who translates for the deaf community there. So we are talking to a VR translator. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's it that's Which is what we're doing i didn't know i didn't even just like i didn't even think of that it didn't occur to me that that was like a thing and that also like yeah how do you hang out in vr if you're deaf and also what is the proper term that the community likes because i'm not really sure yeah and yeah just the idea too that um i think like between different headsets you can only do certain gestures and like learning how american sign language is evolving in virtual reality and potentially in other countries as well Um, because ASL is not around the world. Folks, that's something else I just learned. (laughs) Um, But we'll talk to our guest about that a little bit today. Well, that's why it's ASL stands for American Sign Language. I know, I know. I have to decenter. I know. (laughs) But it is is pretty crazy, right? Like, because the community, I don't want to offend anyone, but the community, it's large, but it's also kind of small. And so to then also be divided by country seems pretty unfair. Hmm. But that's how it works. Although I'm not entirely sure. I want to ask him, like, I don't know quite how much sign language differs from country to country. I know it's different, but I'm curious. Is it like romance languages where like people who speak Spanish can like kind of understand Portuguese? Or is it like someone who who uses American sign language does not understand what someone in another country is using? I don't know. Yeah. One of the many things about this amazing community that fascinated me was that uh, there are two different uh, types of virtual reality to reduce it. One is like you buy the basic headset and you buy uh, you know controllers that fit on your hands and it does you do basic gestures like you can wave and you can uh, bow and whatever. And so those are uh, very um, limited, I suppose. And then much more advanced VR headsets like the Valve Index or I think the the newer Oculus uh, headsets have very precise like finger articulation. So like, as you know, I mean, I don't know that any of us are fluent in ASL, but like when you see uh, deaf people signing, it's very articulate. You have to make specific uh, gestures with individual fingers to denote letters and pointing at things and such. And you can't do that in one headset, but you can do that in another headset. So depending on which headset you're using, if you speak ASL, you may not be able to say the the word world in the traditional way. So what I think is happening here is that dialects are forming f- within the groups that use one headset versus the other headset. And that so cool. truly That's floored so cool. me. Yeah. Also, in a previous episode, we talked about like some VR worlds, like you don't even have a full body. So like, yeah, mm-hmm, you need. Mm-hmm. But I was also interested in like the unique VR vocabulary that essentially needs to be modified or created to describe oh, things that I only yeah, exist yeah, yeah. in VR. Yeah. Well, just in case anybody was wondering, the video too, it's like all young anime girls who are doing it. So it's interesting. Even even the gentleman, Quentin, who we're talking to today, um, his avatar in the video is like a young girl. So <laughs> anime. Um, so really curious to know about that too. Do either of you speak, do, do you speak ASL, either of you? I have several friends who do, but I have not learned it. Okay. Yeah. I haven't learned it yet either. Matt, do you sign? I can say I am a good boy and (laughs) I can spell my name. And that is my, that is all I can do. I believe one should know I am a good boy in every language. (laughs) Seems useful. (laughs) Uh, I know how to say more. I know how to sign more, which I think is pretty useful. That's all I got. I can spell my name. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we all 
learn the some of the letters at some point and the letters are very specific with finger move like you have to almost make the shape of the letter in some cases with your finger and like with very clunky vr controllers you, you can't you just literally can't do that and so it that immediately seems to like it would limit your vocabulary unless you invent new signs for certain types of words or phrases and hopefully we'll we'll hear more about that in a, in a bit also makes me kind of sad that because then there's going to be different forms of sign language for every country and a different one in VR. And will the one in VR differ by country or will there be a universal VR language? Right. I mean, here's hoping that we're occupying a very early blip uh, time period in VR where like give it five years and we'll all just, you'll just slip on a pair of, you know, glasses and it will track not only every single molecule in your body, but like everything in your room. And so like, we're 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 inhabiting a time where VR is very clunky and therefore limiting language, and hopefully it will. Th- this this issue will not persist at least on the technological level. Country right, level that's true. Is will a the VR issue, right? will a VR specific language die out because it's not needed? Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. I got a lot of questions for him. But first, I have a question for you. It's called trivia. Damn it! God damn it! Today's episode is about a very compelling way to use sign language, as we have discussed. Today's trivia is about another atypical use for sign language that is, of course, teaching it to other primates, who are not human, of course. As you probably know, chimpanzees and gorillas are unable to speak, but researchers have taught some of them sign language, and they are able to communicate very effectively with humans and with each other through sign. However, Despite learning complex systems of grammar and expression through signing, there is one thing that a primate has never done. And I have three choices for you. What? Okay, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, very. (laughs) A, a primate has never asked a question using sign. B, a primate has never referred to another primate by name using sign language. Or C, a primate has never learned more than 500 specific signs. Which one has never happened despite some pretty amazing uh, communication? Um, I'm going to go with C, that there's been a cap. But I, okay. I, I wonder I, if they, I think they've referred to each other and asked questions, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, and I don't have a great reason for this, but I'll go with B. We're, well, except that we're diversifying. As you all know, this is our strategy now. We're not in competition <laughs> with each other. We're just, we're trying to win. Because um, if Ali wins, okay. I win. If she, yeah, if I win, she mm-hmm. wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so B and C. Okay, so Jen is going with B, that primates have never referred to another primate by name using sign that there's some sort of cognitive limitation there. That's uh, that's yes. B. All right, Jen goes with B, Ali goes with C. We will find out the correct trivia answer after this commercial break. And now a real advertisement entitled Belly Button Lint, Baltimore, Maryland, from the website where I can't even Craigslist. I, I have a collection of belly button lint will trade for uh, muscle car harley uh, rifles gold coins work also or make cash offer also interested in motorcycles no low ball serious only willing to split if you don't have what i'm looking for Known for crabs, belly button lint, and (laughs) illiteracy. One of the top cities for illiteracy, (laughs) which is Is funny because growing up, the slogan was the city that reads, but we all know that they don't. (laughs) Did you have Book It when you were growing up? Did I what? The book fair? Book It. Nobody knows Book It? Oh, we talk. Wait, is this the pizza party? Yeah. For reading? I was just talking about yes. no it. I have no idea what that yeah. is. You didn't have it? No. It was sponsored or connected to Pizza Hut. So maybe that was regional in some way, or maybe Pizza Hut was, was only in certain places. But uh, you would read a certain number of books. And then if your parent signed that you read the books, then you would rack up points 
and you would get a free like cheese pizza, personal pizza at your local pizza hut and maybe a toy or something. It was a whole marketing thing, but also to encourage kids to both read books and eat pizza. <laughs> the great American way. <laughs> wow. Well, it worked. I'm literate. <laughs> Thank you, Pizza Hut. <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> there you go. That's If Baltimore did not have Book It, then there's know, your issue. It sounds a little bit familiar. We also, I think, know that I have no memory. The best part about this podcast is that mm. years from now, this will be a time capsule for me. Yeah. You need to go do back this for listen. your whole life. Yeah. Uh, Look, share keep it with the your journal. Kids. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This is your journal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have the trivia answer for you if you're prepared. Uh-huh. Today's trivia was about sign language for primates. Uh, we all know that scientists and researchers have taught primates sign language, mostly ASL. Uh, but there is one thing that apes and gorillas and chimpanzees cannot do in sign language, despite some amazing communication. Your choices were A, ask a question, B, refer to another primate by name. Uh, Jen, you went with B. And C, learn more than 500 signs. Allie, you felt C, that there was some sort of cognitive cap on the number of signs. I didn't really have a reason for mine, but I just want to chime in. I don't think primates give each other names, guys. <laughs> They're no, not like, hey, Joe. I mean, we give them names. No, 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 no. But isn't it that the um, people teaching them name them and then they learn each other's names? Yes. Like Coco. Coco yeah. is like the most famous gorilla who, you know. It's adorable. For as far as I knew, knew her own yeah. name or could sign her own name. But uh, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Uh, are you sticking with sticking these answers? Sticking with it. All right. I guess so. Because again, we rise together or we fall together. <laughs> so we're diversifying. The correct answer is A, Fuck. ask a question. I'm sorry. Nobody okay. got it right. New information really quickly. Uh, Adam also says you most frequently choose A as the answer. So oh, that I make <laughs> that A the, the, right answer. the right answer. The most- yeah. oh. So Allie, just keep that in mind. Okay. Well, then why didn't you All tell right. him that, Jen? <laughs> now you, yeah, you should have told me. That. We could have gamed the system together. <laughs> we would have never lost. We would have mm. always chosen A and something else. I thought it would be good radio, right? but yeah, it was, your, I your was stats would go away. I'm going to have a what? serious talk with you after this. I'm so you sorry. Sabotaged <laughs> us. Adam was helping us out. I'm just putting the answers in in a way that might just flow, or that might be, you know, you, you, I kind of want to blend the correct answer in with the others in a way. You know, you know what I mean. So maybe okay. that ends up being a. I don't know. Yeah, it's not intentional. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. So this I just found really fascinating. Uh, the consensus, the scientific consensus seems to be that uh, primates do possess a theory of mind, which is that they understand that other beings like human trainers or other apes, that they other beings have thoughts and motivations. That's a very sophisticated level of thought. However, uh, they don't seem to grasp that other that another mind has knowledge that they do not have. So even when they are given the power of sign language to communicate complex thoughts, they have never asked questions or sought out new knowledge. And researchers have set up uh, sign language fluent primates with experiments. For example, like they would deliver like a, a meal or a ration of food at the same time, at the same exact place every single day for many days, maybe many weeks. And then one day they would skip the meal or they would not provide the food at that exact place and time. And the chimp in that situation is definitely aware that she's missing the food, but she never thinks to ask in sign language, where is the food? Like they don't they like they don't seek out that knowledge or or seem to understand that the trainer would have the answer that she's looking for and that seems to be a cognitive line that we you know a capability humans possess you know little kids ask questions constantly and apes just idiot yeah <laughs> it's almost like they're animals <laughs> That's fascinating. Well, that was interesting, Matthew. Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun time. I liked that. I liked that. Yeah, I liked that. You. Do they that not was, know cool. what a question is? Could you teach them what a question is and then would they ask them? Would they? Would you say, you're allowed to ask me things? They have to explain that. <laughs> if you yeah, said, ask me anything. Put them on a Reddit. No, I think it's literally that, that they, they, 
they can't perceive that you have knowledge in your brain that I don't have in my brain. Like they just literally don't understand the concept of what a question even could be. So even if you taught them the like, you ask a thing, then I answer that. Like that wouldn't even really compute to an ape, at least in in terms of the current understanding. Well, y'all. All right. Can I get a drum roll, please? Thank you. <laughs> is that good? Beautiful. Yes, because it is time for our interview. Today, we are speaking with Quentin, who is a volunteer interpreter in VR for the deaf community, also a student. Uh, welcome, Quentin. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. We're so happy to have you here. Well, we always like to start at the beginning. So for you, we had a couple questions. We wanted to know um, when and why did you start getting into VR? Um, When and why did you start learning ASL? And how did those two worlds eventually come together for you? Sure. So VR, I've always been pretty interested in ever since I was a kid. Like when I was 13, the Oculus came out and I was like, oh, this is cool. And I watched it, but I didn't have the money for it, of course. I graduated high school, got a job bought VR and that's how I got into VR. But ASL, American Sign Language, I got into uh high school. It was just over the announcements that are like, hey, if you want to learn ASL, we have a interpreter coming in and she's gonna be teaching once a week for a few months. Wow. And so I signed up for that. I signed up for that two years, both my junior and senior year. Uh-huh. And yeah, that's how I got into uh, American Sign Language. And so it was just around January 2018. I just got VR chat and I had this Windows mixed reality headset, you know, just a little cheapy headset. And I joined VR chat and I was like, hey, how cool would it be if there was a deaf community here that I could maybe sign with? I looked around literally for two months and I found nobody. And I was about to give up when I met this girl, uh, deaf. Her name's Alex, and I met her, and she introduced me to the community. And yeah, things just went along from there. That's so cool. So were you just like wandering the landscapes, like looking for people to talk to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, because yeah, 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 VR chat, you just have random conversations with everyone. So yeah. I would just talk to people, and sometimes uh, sign language would come up, because that's what I like to study, mm-hmm. and, and what I do study in college. And... Yeah, it just it just comes up. I've met many people that are like like sons and daughters of deaf individuals, and they know sign language. And I'm like, oh, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious because I I've never learned American Sign Language. How long did it take you to learn it? Did you say it was two years, or it was two months, or what was the timeline for that? So, learning uh, a sign language when you're not natively adept at it is very uh, it's very difficult. There's a lot of estimates that are like. It can take over eight years to become fluent in a sign language, and I'm definitely not fluent. Uh, some people say I am, but to myself, I'm I'm very much still a student. I'm still continuing to learn, and I'm okay with that. You know, it's something you learn your entire life, just like any other language when you're not a native speaker. Okay, so you're in VR, you're hanging out, you're wandering the world, and you finally stumble upon the deaf community. So what happened after that? Did you just approach them and start signing and like? Tell us what happened next. I just stumbled upon someone in the deaf community, and um, the the first guy I met was hearing, and I could just speak to him. Mm-hmm. But then the, the deaf person right there, of course, I signed to, and that was my first time signing in VR, and I thought that was pretty amazing because I, you know, people are always like, you know, sign language in virtual reality, it can't be possible. There's not enough gestures, da da da. But they're just going at it. They're just they just know how to do it and yeah how different are yeah dialects within the US and in sign language how how dif- how different is sign language from country to country you know is it like romance languages where they can sort of understand each other or certain do certain countries have completely different sign language because we'd love to have like a little bit of a background on how it operates in the so-called real world and then how that translates into VR yeah so it Definitely depends because just like, you know, romantic languages and German, what do you say mm-hmm. called? Germanic languages, I believe. Um, uh-huh. There's like a tree, a family tree of languages from other languages. Same with um, sign languages. So most of it, in terms of ASL, there was a, a French guy who was, who was deaf in France. And he, he didn't invent 
French sign language, but he was a part of it. And he went to America to an area with a lot of deaf people. And he basically just combined French sign language with the um, signs at the time that was American sign language. And that pretty much gave birth to American sign language. And so a lot of signs in American sign language are from French sign language. And then American sign language goes into like sign languages in places like Hong Kong and Madagascar and Cuba. And some sign languages like in Canada, there's a sign language called Quebec sign language. It's mainly in Quebec, but it's a combination of French and American sign languages. Oh, it's really wow. it's really really interesting. And in in general, sign language from country to country is almost completely different unless it's from the family tree, so to say. Okay. And I wanted to know, uh, how does this play out into VR? So now you've got people from all over the world coming to VR, speaking all these different, or signing all these different sign languages, coupled mm. with the fact that the technology isn't there yet. So can you walk us through that as well? Jen's the more articulate one. <laughs> I'm just like, what's happening? It, it definitely started off with ASL in VR chat because there's more American users. And eventually we had people coming from... We have a few members from Korea, a few members from Russia, a few members from, of course, Canada and Mexico, uh, Japan even. And all these sign languages, they use them. They use those that sign language. And we even have some people that are giving lessons in like British sign language and Korean sign language. The dialects kind of came together because, for example, one of the biggest examples I give is I thought it was a home sign, a home sign being a sign that's not officially a part of the language, but it in the local community, it's a sign. Um, the sign for LOL, or just laughing, it's the way we do it, it's two L's going back and forth, and it's not a real sign in American Sign Language. But I learned it's a French sign, and that's what we've always used, and I didn't know it was French until I learned that. And so, And then there's a sign in Korean that we use all the time. But of course, it's not ASL, so people come in from um, completely outside the VR deaf community. And they come in, and they're like, what is this sign? And they're like, oh, it's a Korean thing. Oh, it's a Chinese sign. Oh, it's a French sign, right? Oh, that's cool. So it's like slang essentially brought in from other languages. Yeah, it's like all these sign languages are coming in. And it doesn't mean um, they're all mashed together. Mm -hmm. It's more like ASL, but... Mm -hmm. With with a little pieces. bit added onto it. That's so yeah. Cool. yeah. I can talk for hours about the modifications needed to ASL because well, of the limited technology. <laughs> cool. Let's not talk. Let's not we have for one hours, hour. but just like we, five, yeah, we, ten minutes. Let's, <laughs> do, let's hear yeah, like, about it. What are the two to three most interesting modifications? You know, the ones that pop straight into your mind that you're like, whoa, these are big ones. So gestures in VR chat. So let's say you have a uh, the Oculus controller. You move your hand a certain way, your hand in the game is going to move a certain way. And for the most part, if you do an L in real life, like a finger gun, it'll kind of look like that. Some of them are kind of less obvious, but you have five gestures, and then you have fist and open hand to make seven gestures per hand. And so my first instinct getting into VR sign was, I'm just going to remap all of these and make them like the okay hand sign. And I'm going to make it a thumb out and a pinky out, which is a Y hand sign. And that was my first instinct, but then I met the deaf community and they're like, no, no, no. We just do everything with the default gestures. You just have to imagine it's something else. And that's what a lot of people coming in are very confused about. Okay. So people, yourself included initially, tried to reinvent the hand gestures. Yeah. But instead, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, a little bit of background with VR chat. So you can go inside of Unity and change the, the hand shapes. I'm going to say where your thumb is placed on the trackpad if you have a Vive or Windows Mixed uh, Reality controller. Okay. So like thumb forward is a point gesture. Thumb backward is a rock and roll. So you can change that to whatever hand shape you want. Uh -huh. But so first thing I did was I changed the rock and roll to a Y hand shape, which is pinky and thumb out. I thought that would help me a lot, but it actually doesn't because the dialect requires the rock and roll, basically. And so, for example, the biggest thing that I realized right away is to do a Y gesture, you do a thumbs up. And 
real life, you're going to look like an idiot if you start doing <laughs> the thumb up when you're trying to do a Y. But in the game, that's just how you do it because of the limitations. And this is so hard to uh, explain without visual, but it sounds to me like there is an understanding in the community that like, yep, we all know that the, that this technology is limited. So we all expect the thumbs up gesture to mean a variety of things, mm -hmm. whereas in real life, it clearly does not it's not even close to meaning that is yep. that a, is that an okay way to understand it yeah that's a very good um okay. summary of it okay <laughs> okay cool <laughs> that's a lot of assumption like I, again be outside looking in a lot of assumption about what means what does this lead to confusion or it, oh, yeah. is everyone who's in the know like yep i got it we we're, we're talking we're good <laughs> so it just it, it just takes practice like there's people that come in that are completely fluent in ASL, you know, they grew up using it or they've been in college for years and years and they come in and they're like, well, what is this? <laughs> what is this language that you are putting in my face? And the first, their first instinct is I'm going to remap all these buttons to mean different things. But if you remap one thing, you lose another thing, right? That's super. Okay. So maybe here's another analogy. Well, I'm just wondering if this analogy makes any sense. You grow up at your, you live in the Buckingham Palace and you speak the Queen's English your whole life. And then you like step outside and someone says, hello, governor. And you're like, what the fuck are you saying? Does that, is that like what we're talking about here? Can you just say like that? We're speaking again? the same say language. Again. Just say again. I wish we were the editors and hello. could pull that as a sound clip we bring back constantly. I know. And then every, I would, I can, I would I hit that happen. button all the time. <laughs> is it like that? To a point, yeah. It's kind of like going to Texas and they say something like, uh, it's like a tornado through a trailer park, right? You're like, what? What'd yeah. you say? Yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah. But yeah. Totally. Okay. And same thing with ASL. You know, you go to Texas and I heard that a lot of people in Texas sign very slow. Really? Like That's in funny. California. Interesting. Like they have a draw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what happens in California? California changes their signs a lot. And New York has a lot of older signs, in my experience at least. So I talk Ooh. to people from like New York and Pennsylvania and their signs are, if I, I have a book right here actually right next to me and it's a American Sign Language Dictionary from 1990. And a lot of these signs are like, you wouldn't use them anymore. If you use them, you're going to be looked at like a grandma. And <laughs> a lot of people in New York and Pennsylvania and New Jersey, they use those signs and uh, California does not. <laughs> California has very new signs. That makes sense. That Says makes the California. Okay. The okay. No, <laughs> that makes sense. New York is no, but New York like is a little more traditional. Like the East Coast is more traditional than the West Coast. So that tracks. We talk about fax machines a lot, and we need signs to express that. When my fax no, comes in, I need to know. When you guys move, you'll understand. It's definitely <laughs> more traditional over on the East Coast than you the West. You can't lure us to the promised land. <laughs> so this Stop. adds up. But it's the promised land. Um, okay. Okay, so this is all super fascinating, but uh, my mind is already blown. We haven't. So, okay, so everyone in VR chat is sort of using this version of VR ASL. Like, what happens to the. You were saying, like, there's some Koreans in VR. A lot of the people that come in, a lot of them are from, like, a small, like, uh, let's say a small city where there's not a lot of deaf people, a, a deaf community to communicate with but when they come in the vr chat they have a whole community right here yeah. at their fingertips on the internet and so what two of our members did from korea they said you know i'm not gonna ex i'm not gonna write to people all the time i'm not gonna tap on my keyboard i'm just gonna learn asl and they yeah. did and one of them his name is yujin it took him maybe three months to become pretty intermediate to advance at asl wow. and that's pretty surprising because mm -hmm. most hearing people he's deaf most hearing people would take two years to get to that level but he yeah. just studied it and boom he's already in it it's so incredible and also pains me the fact that you could join vr and instantly be connected with this larger community of deaf people that in on some level i imagine you've longed for right so you finally have this wider community but then you have to learn another sign language to communicate with them it's wild yeah Okay, so let's get into how we found you, which is through Searmore. So can you tell us about how you met him? This goes all the way back to 20, yeah, 2019, March, March, April-ish. I got interested in the VR church. And so the VR church is 
led by a guy named DJ Soto. Awesome guy. And I got interested into that from a Seermore video. <laughs> so <laughs> I saw the Seermore video, went to the church on the first sermon after the video came out with my friend uh, Jenny. And we go there and she says, she goes up to DJ Soto and says, hey, can we do interpreting for the church? And he goes, oh, maybe. It was in Altspace VR, the game Altspace VR. And Altspace, signing in Altspace is very, very bad <laughs> compared to VR chat. So he was like, I don't know if you, we should do it here. Maybe we'll do a, a VR chat sermon at some point. And we're like, okay, sure. And then, that, yeah, that's how I got into interpreting for the church. Seymour, he recorded a little snippet of it and posted it on his Twitter. And that Twitter post like kind of blew up a little bit. And so he made a video after... Well, he, he reached out to me on Twitter um, and said, hey, you want to be in this video? I'm like, oh, sure. And that's how the, the video got made. The video is incredible. What sort of reaction have you gotten from people from that? The main reaction is this is so wholesome. This is so amazing. This is I, I know a lot of people from like computer science backgrounds and linguistic backgrounds are like their minds are blown. They're like, what? This actually is a thing. This can this can happen. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, hey you inspired me to start learning sign language or, Hey, you inspired me to finally talk to a family member. That's deaf that I haven't talked to before. Hey, you inspired me to uh, start talking to my deaf coworker, right? Our, our discord server had like maybe 150 people at the start of, uh, before the video came out. And now we just hit 800, I believe. And that's, mm -hmm. that blew my mind. <laughs> that's amazing. What other scenarios have you been translating for within VR? So you've done VR church. What other types of situations do you find yourself in? So a couple times I've had to interpret, well, me, me, Jenny, and Papa T, the, the creator of Helping Hands that you can see on the, on the Seermore video as well. We all do some interpreting for the community, and it's really just for any reason. Uh, for example, a streamer will come up to me and say, hey, can you interpret for this person because I don't understand sign language. I'm like, okay, sure. Or a couple times we've had YouTubers come up and want to do an interview or everyday conversations. Like I've had someone say, hey, can you tell this person that their avatar is cool? Hey, can you tell this person this? And the other day, someone came up to me and said, hey, can you say I'm huffing paint right now? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and it was so confusing, but you get all that stuff, right? It just... It's every it's a it's a mixed bag of just everything in the world. Can you translate huffing paint into uh, <laughs> VRASL? <laughs> yeah. So what I did was, I I pretended like I was spray painting, and then I spray painted into a bag, and then I moved my body in a way that looked like I was hyperventilating. <laughs> okay, so it was more of a charade situation. <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, not I don't want to say a lot of, but. Some of ASL is just acting out the thing that you're trying to say, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Are you teaching others to sign as well? I personally don't teach because I am not a deaf person. At least in my opinion, I don't think that a hearing person that's not, that didn't grow up with sign language should teach it. I, I just keep it to the deaf people and then I'll interpret for them. Yeah, that makes sense. Like a, a native, a native fluent speaker should be teaching it. Yeah. Uh, so we could join the community if we're interested in learning ASL. Yeah, anytime, anytime. So how does uh, sign language in VR differ by headset? And what is the best headset for signing in VR? We actually have like a tier list, you know, like Super Smash Brothers and Tekken mm -hmm. and stuff. You have the tier list of characters. The very bottom, the F tier is the, not the Oculus, the uh, HTC Vive. Because okay. the controllers are clunky, they're huge. You only have one trackpad. And it's just so terrible to sign with. I interpreted for the church for two months with that. And uh -huh. because later on, after the Windows Mixed Reality, I got a Vive. And it wasn't terrible, but eh. it's just, it takes a lot more getting used to than the other headsets. Okay, so HTC then, Vive gets, a, gets an F. That gets an F. And then uh -huh. the, the D, um, not, in the, not in that way, but who gets the D is the Windows Mixed Reality. It's uh -huh. basically just like the Vive, except... It's smaller. Um, the trackpad's not as big, so it's a lot easier to change your gesture. It's just more comfortable and a lot, a lot better. And then the C, most likely the Oculus Quest. And the Quest just came out, and people were going crazy about it. It's pretty cool, right? Um, it's just an Oculus 
Rift S, but without a PC. But then you have like the finger tracking that's just coming out, and that could bump it up to an A. But we just don't know how good it is yet. Um, mm. We haven't really tested it for sign. Okay. <laughs> my my prediction is it's going to be pretty bad because the leap motion. If you don't know what that is, it's just a thing you stick on your headset, and it tracks your fingers. That wasn't that good. You could kind of like finger spell, you know, like the alphabet. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't do some things that with like overlapping fingers. It's really hard for it to get that down, especially when your hand's facing the other direction for the other person to read it. Mm-hmm. And then, like the B would be like the Rift S and the Oculus Rift. The controllers match your actual gesture to the game pretty well. Still pretty limited. And then the A goes to the the Valve Index because it's not actual finger like tracking. They they kind of clickbait you with the with the index uh, subtitle like it says finger tracking. I'm like oh ooh cool, and then I actually get it in the mail and uh, you, it's it's kind of like a one and zero. Like one is your finger is tall, related to your palm, and then a zero is your fingers all the way down on your palm. Right, that's all it really is. Mm-hmm. But it's it's way way better because you can do for example, I didn't actually count everything, but the vibe and stuff, you get five gestures, and plus two would be seven. But with the index, you get probably around maybe 40 gestures, which is oh, a lot it's Yeah, a lot that's better. a lot more. Yeah, that's a lot more. But you still don't get actual full hand tracking. So the S tier mm-hmm. goes to the brand new gloves coming out. I think they're called the Omni Gloves. Ooh. But they aren't compatible with the with VRChat yet. If they do, they're going to be awesome, but they cost... $650 for the pair and that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. to ask for. <laughs> okay, but with the gloves theoretically like you'll have all the gestures that you need? Theoretically, yeah. There might be some um, limitations but from what I saw from the videos and since ASL and sign language isn't their focus with the gloves, they haven't mm-hmm. shown it off completely. But I tried to look for when they cross their fingers, for example, or when they move their fingers together. It, it looks like it works pretty well. It tracks it one-to-one. Um, there's nothing bad about it. It tracks your hand position as well. It looks like it could work just as well as real life. Do you think that when the technology becomes less expensive and more widespread, the mo- so all the modifications that have been made will disappear, right? And people will just use real-world sign language, so to speak, in VR? Um, if that ever happens, I don't think it will, unless we're in some, like, a, like a Sword Art Online Ready Player One scenario, because you it's can't coming. track your facial... It's coming, it's coming, one day, hopefully. So maybe, maybe five or ten years from now. <laughs> I would think so, because, you know, from 2013, from now, 2013 and now, it's just evolved so much, so in ten years, I'd hope so. Yeah. Okay. And then you think they'll that all the modifications will disappear? Um, I don't know about disappear because I, I I assume that some of them will carry over. Yeah. Just because you know history behind it. But well, I know some things will stay because I don't think they're going to get the facial tracking down because facial track mm-hmm. or facial expression is a big part of ASL grammar. Mm. Oh, and wow. so is yeah. So is very precise like body. Like, for example, you shift your body to the left or to the right. That's a big part of grammar in ASL. Oh. That, that's really hard to do in VR chat yeah. because, especially with just your head, your head in your hands, it, it can't see where your hip is. It can't see where your feet are. Yeah. Well, once we have full body tactile suits, then it'll be. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can kind of do it with a full body uh, tracking with like the little five pucks. But uh-huh. um, it's, it's expensive. It's really expensive. Is the community inventing VR-specific vocabulary for things that can only happen in VR? Yeah, for sure. What's an example? A big example is one of our community members started... He started making signs for um, Index and Vive and Oculus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I that's not really a only-in-VR thing. Right. But those are very well-needed signs because it's really hard to... It's really hard to fingerspell words in VR. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have our own alphabet in VR to do that. Um, yeah. Other signs like world 
is hard to do. The real life version is hard to do in VR, so we made our own version. Or our deaf community members made that version. I haven't been in VR chat, but like the thing where you leap to the to somewhere using you know what? We don't even have English for that. <laughs> like I tried Oculus like and basically Yeah, you like teleport. But you like within the room, like you jump to another part of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not even in VR chat, I don't think. Right. All right, fuck it. But there is um, a, of course there's a sign for teleport, but <laughs> Yeah. I would love to know if you could tell us more about some of the people that you've met. Yeah, sure. I'll start with just a VR chat in general. VR chat, there's a lot of very, the best word is edgy, very edgy people that don't know how to interact socially. And I'm not calling myself some kind of social butterfly, but I know not to go up to someone and say, hey, I fricked your mom, <laughs> right? And that's just what a lot of people do. Um, a lot of people will go into avatars that are just blatantly racist and stereotypical and that's just most of your chat. I, I don't want to say most of the people there, but large portion don't care how you feel. They're just going to do what they want. But then meeting the deaf community, it's just a breath of fresh air. Like no one, like you get in arguments, of course, like any person would, but it's, it's wholesome. That's just, a, that's just the word to use. Everyone's nice. Everyone supports each other. Everyone helps you just like a real life deaf community. Right. I went to a deaf expo near me and Everyone was nice to me. Everyone just wanted to help. Everyone just wanted to talk and get to know you and you get to know them. And did you want me to talk about like specific people in the community? Or? Yeah. We went, well, who are some specific people that you've met where you had like, real, where you had, you know, just a really interesting, amazing conversation with someone maybe from the other side of the world who's in the deaf VR community? Sure. Some of the big, I'd say most like popular players in our community are, biggest one's Ray. He's just been in the community since the beginning. He's the most wholesome pe person you'll ever meet. He didn't have virtual reality when he started, and he still was teaching sign language through drawings. I don't know how he had the patience for it, but he would teach sign language with drawings by drawing with a pen in these in these virtual lobbies. And he just teaches everyone, right? He just goes around, he teaches people. He has a live stream on Twitch. He teaches on there. He has a YouTube channel. He teaches on there. He just wants to teach people. He just wants to help people out with communication. Um, and then another person, um, Catman, or Anthony is his real name, but Catman, um, he lost his VR the other month, and we, we thought, oh, he, we're not going to see him at all, right? We're not going to see him. He started live streaming his phone on Twitch every day for three months, teaching sign language in real life. And I'm like, how, <laughs> how, how are these people so wholesome and amazing, right? <laughs> and there's so many people like that in our community. Everyone just wants to help each other. You go, hey, nice to meet you. And they go, hey, nice to meet you. What do you do for college? What do you do for this? And they just get to know you. And a month later, you're best friends with them, right? It's just awesome. I think this has been an amazing interview. And we thank you so much, Quentin, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much. Nice to meet you all. Thank you. Well, that was incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Quentin's so cool. He's 19. He's volunteering doing this in his free time. He knows all about virtual reality. He got an Oculus when he was 13. Like, what is this world? I know. I was like, what a world. <laughs> Let's just, yeah. just grew up in a completely different world. It's, yeah. I really want to get into VR. I feel that from you. You heard about some of the tech. Like, what set would you be thinking about getting now? I don't know. Now I got to take some other factors into account. Although, you know, to be honest, as amazing as this all it was i'm i'm unlikely to learn asl in the near future so i don't know i don't know which headset to get but i do want to try it yeah i think you'd have fun and find some communities of your own like uh, separate from asl you would just you know wander around just as quentin did wander around uh vr chat and find the place to hang just the idea that there are real people hanging out there just blows my mind. That you could be walking around essentially this cartoon world and like other people are hanging out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that That's it's great. All, I mean, all still relatively new and you could be like, I was in the early days of VR. Like, how cool is that? You should definitely get in now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's a weird time, as we were saying, because like technically, if you really want to get a great little VR headset and really enjoy it and hopefully have it, have it last you a couple of years or whatever, like you should uh, probably wait a year or two right. before you actually buy one. Why? 
because the thing that comes out in six months will be like 600 times better than the one you bought, which you just spent $400 on or whatever. It's moving so quickly. And and the other thing is like, I guess I'm trying to think of an analogy, like when when home video was new, it was like, are you going to get VHS? Or are you going to get Betamax? Are you going to get Blu-ray? Are you going to get HD DVD? And the industry did not figure out what it was going to be. And we're still in those days where, okay, if I get an Oculus, well, I got to only play the games in the Oculus store. Well, it's also just all things, right? It's like I could get the iPhone yeah. 10 or I could wait a year and then it's like... Yes-ish, but the uh, smartphone market has matured. So if you get an iPhone 9 and I get an Android, whatever, like we both can all do the same things. But 10 years ago, it really, really mattered which phone you got because you only had certain apps on the App Store and I only had certain apps on the Google Play Store. And and so we're in that time for VR of like things. It's still these closed, like these walled gardens, I think. And the technology is is advancing very quickly. So it's fun times for early adopters. But if you don't have 500 bucks to drop on something that's obsolete in 20 minutes, <laughs> then you know, you might be better served to wait unless you're super into it. You know, if you use it all the time, then yeah. enjoy. I think well, you I just texted my friend who works at Oculus and asked if she gets a discount and she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> what? That makes no sense. Which, oh, oh, which also is kind of bullshit. Like you work at Oculus, like yeah. give your employees, yeah, like, man. I don't know, 10% off a something like... <laughs> Five percent. Also, they're trying. Yeah. They're trying so hard to like make it mainstream, and so your employees are your best ambassadors. That's a silly program or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Anyhow. if you want to buy me a VR headset, you can tweet me at Allie Gold. That's right. A L L I G O L D. You can tweet me at June Bugger. But wait, before we wrap, I just want to say that we've covered so many different facets of VR, and we haven't even scratched the surface. So let's keep going. Yeah, I would say tweet us if you've got another unique VR community that we should look into. Totally. We are all for it. Um, you can tweet me at Junebugger. It's J-O-O-N-B-U-G-G-E-R. You can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. You can also call us and leave us a voicemail and or text us at this very same number. We would love either of those things. That number is... 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6LIT. And join us in our Discord server. It's discord.gg slash 2G1P. We're listeners of the show and us and Matt. We're all there hanging out chatting about show topics and other things as well so we'd love to chat with you and if they want to contribute how do they do it you can go to patreon.com slash 2g1p and we hope that you will bye guys two girls one podcast is hosted by allison goldberg and jennifer jamula then reenacted word for word by an anime girl in virtual reality i mean produced and edited by matt silverman in new york city production assistance is provided by the podglomerate this show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe. Hello, governor.